Running your own business is stressful. Nah, it doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to Her Holy Hustle Podcast, where we teach you to hustle with God so your business is run with His abilities and wisdom, not your own. I'm your host, Nyla Weave. I know what it's like to start a business and feel like a chicken with no head running around that farmyard. So stressed with marathon-long to-do lists and all the contradicting opinions of business gurus of what is best to do. But I also know what it's like to start seeing God as my business partner. What a difference doing business His way makes on both my sanity and success. I'm on a mission to redefine the word hustle. As Christians in business, we don't have to toil as the world does for success, but can hustle with God. A kind of hustle that is productive and peaceful. Where our businesses don't run us, we run them. Where we can clearly hear God's voice for business decisions. With Jesus as your CEO, you can do business full of spirit-led strategy that's effective and enjoyable. Stick around and you can expect solo episodes by me, but also some amazing interviews with other Christian entrepreneurs and how they include God into their business. Hear about things they learned the hard way, things they wish they would have been doing from day one, and their practical advice for you to keep him first, even in crazy busy seasons of life and business. Ready to learn and be encouraged? Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a guest on, my friend Jill. We met on Instagram. It's just so cool how God can use Instagram to providentially cross your path with people that he wants you to learn from, that he wants you to inspire them. And it's just really cool how even God uses Instagram to bring about his purposes. So anyways, yeah, I met Jill on Instagram probably two years ago and she has a podcast as well and so we decided to get together and record an episode on identity and worth and where we have mistakenly sourced those things other than Christ and so we talk about boys and bodies and work and motherhood and workouts and how we can accidentally um, source our worth and our identity from those things and why that's so dangerous and why we need to be doing that from a Christ-centered position like sourcing our worth and identity from God alone and we share some of our strategies to keep ourselves in check when we notice that we're starting to source our worth and identity from something else we have some strategies that we share and so I really hope you guys will love this conversation I think it was really beautiful and really powerful and just really God honoring so I'm going to read Jill's bio here so Jill loves Jesus she is a wife and a mom of five she is a stay at home and homeschool mom and she coaches mom to make time for God, how to grow with God and to live fully purposeful and content lives. So today, yeah, we talk about identity in Jesus, worth in Jesus and not boys, not your body, not your workouts, but in Christ alone. So let's listen. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Nyla, and I'm so excited that you guys have decided to spend a bit of your day with us. Today, I am with Jill, and we're going to do this really fun, unique interview where we're both going to interview each other, so we don't really have like a designated host or guest. We're like both doing both roles today, and we're going to talk about identity and worth in Christ, and I 
I've been praying about this episode and I just, I really am so excited. I just know it's going to be so powerful. So thank you, Jill, for being open to do this little fun project. So yeah, are you excited? I'm excited. And I just am so thankful that you asked because I think it's such an important topic because I feel like today we're all seeing different places where we can put our identity and we, it's kind of um, a struggle, you know, for all of us. And it's such a beneficial conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And just for women to know they're not alone, that it that yeah. happens to other people too, accidentally sourcing their worth or identity in something other than Christ. So yeah. Um, yeah. I was trying to think how we met. I think this is the first time we've actually like talked face to face. I think I- we've mostly been like over DMs. Is that right? True. It's funny. So yeah, it's social media has its definite perks where you meet people. And like, yeah, like you said, I feel like I was just thinking about that. Like, how did we get kind of acquainted with each other? And it had to be a couple years now. So I'm not even sure how it kind of started. And then we just kept supporting each other from there, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And you feel Mm -hmm. like you, um, sorry, I just got to take my earrings out because they're like messing with my mic. (laughs) Out you go, out you go, hoop earrings. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we somehow we're in a part of a media group or something, and then um, kept following each other. And I already, I kind of felt like I knew you, so I didn't feel nervous about jumping on a call with you because I just felt like I already knew you, even though this is the first time we've yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, do you want to introduce yourself? For yeah, tell everyone like how you spend your days, what you're passionate about. Sure. So I am Jill Vorbaugh, and I am a mom of um, five, and I'm a wife, and I actually have a blended family. So um, it's we have three um, children, and we actually have two from from it's him and I's, and then um, three other children from my husband's first marriage. So all together we have five, but we have the kids full time now. The oldest did get married, so now we're down down a kid. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I'm a stay at home mom. I love being a mom. I absolutely love it. I, I'm a homeschool mom. Um, and I love, I started out blogging and it kind of turned podcasting recently. Um, but I just love to encourage women in their roles um, and just encourage women in Christ in general. I think that um, we can get really lost and culture really screams different things at us and how we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be and all of that. And it kind of paralyzes us at times um, because it seems like we're supposed to be so many things and then we just end up doing nothing. So um, Mm. especially for me, my audience is more moms because I'm a mother now and I kind of get that struggle that like life feels chaotic, but you're supposed to be all these things and it's stressful and it's hard and you don't know which voice to listen to. And my goal is to help them listen to the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And you have a book too, right? Yeah, I wrote a book called Worthy. It's kind of like a a devotional, um, but it's, it's like deep work. It's you read the devotions, but then you have kind of work that goes along with it that you have to do. And you kind of dig in to, you know, the things that might have not been healed. Um, 
so that you can address them and realize how worthy you are and not get stuck in that guilt and that shame. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I asked that a question like you have a book question mark like I've read the book so and it's it's really good. (laughs) I recommend people um, go out and read it. If they just go to your Instagram, can they find it pretty easy link in the bio kind of thing? Um, it's, I think right now the link in the bio is to the podcast, but it's on Amazon, um, worthy by Jill Verbal, and you can find it on Amazon. Yeah. So really, uh, encourage everybody go check that out. Is it, um, 40 days long or what is the length? I can't remember. Uh, Oh my goodness. You know what? I wrote it like two years ago. (laughs) Um, I think it's three weeks. It's a three week journey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess for people who don't know me, I'm in Canada. You're in the States, Pennsylvania, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in Canada, in Saskatchewan. Um, I'm in a, it's, when people ask you like, what's your bio? You're like, you kind of go blank. You're like, what is it that you do? Um, <laughs> I am an intuitive eating and body image coach for Christians. I do that virtually, but then I'm also a VA for other female entrepreneurs. So I do like podcast editing uh, just social media management, email marketing, all the things that go along with being an entrepreneur. So I kind of have two businesses that I do. Um, and my business is called Nutrition with Nyla. I help people with their like food, but then I also help people with like the health of their business by taking some things off their plate. So it feels more like manageable, joyful, their businesses. So yeah, I'm married. I have a cat. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the cold really. And so it's finally sunny and warm and I can wear shorts for like two months of the year and I'm so pumped that it's summer in Canada. <laughs> you also did um, a really cool audible. Mm-hmm. Um, Confident Bod Club and it's it's a two-week devotional for believers wanting to improve body image and yeah that, that was really helpful actually like learning how to create an audiobook because then when I got into podcast editing I'm like I already know how to do some of this stuff from that so right. um but man, like recording chapters, it takes a long time. I didn't realize how big of a project making an audiobook was. And that's a short book. It's only two weeks. And so when I see people doing audiobooks of like full length books, I'm like, that must have taken you hours and hours. <laughs> so that was an awesome book because you had sent it to me to listen to and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. And it really embodies what we're talking about today. Totally. Like when you asked me some of these questions, when I was thinking about some of my answers, I'm like, some of my answers are going to be about like finding my worth in my body and stuff like that. So yeah, totally um, applies to that. So I'm. let's jump into these questions. Are you yep. ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. So I'll ask you a question and then you can throw it back at me when you're done answering. So uh, yeah, where did you mistakenly find your identity? So I would have to say over the years in different places. So what I mean by that is um, when I was younger, um, not when I was young, young, but when I was in my teens and my twenties, I really thought that my worth was in the person that I dated. So I, my, the first guy that I ever dated, I dated for four years and Um, I didn't know who I was without him, you know, because I dated him for so long from the time I was like, oh my goodness, I think I was 14, 15 maybe, and dated him for four years. I thought, 
you know, I, I was just happy being Mike's girlfriend, you know? And then when we broke up, I had no idea who I was. And I really, I was heartbroken to say the least, but I was completely lost. And um, I think when you find your identity in the wrong thing and that thing no longer is there anymore, it can lead you down a really, really scary path. And it did. Um, so I would say for me then it was, um, it was definitely my, my, you know, significant other. And then now I would say my struggle now that I have to make sure that I don't find my identity is like in it being a mom, you know, being a wife, like I'm, um, you know, I'm just a mother, you know, that's, it's, but cause we're so much more than that. And we're, our identity is like, I'm a child of God, you know, and, um, it can, you're just so wrapped up in your kids that you feel like that's the only identity that you have, especially when you're home with them 24 seven and you're kind of a home, you know, I'm a homeschool mom and yeah, I, you don't want to be that mom that says, I guess, you know, a pageant mom you know, like the beauty pageant moms, that's where they identity <laughs> is that in their children. And like, that's the last thing I want to be. I want to be, you know, daughter of the King before I'm, you know, Silas and Jameson's mom and Scarlett's mom. So yeah, I would say right now the struggle is making sure that it's not in just in motherhood. How about you? Uh, I think it's the same as you, different seasons. It was different. Like in high school, I found my identity in getting high marks, like being an honor roll student. And then when I went to university, um, it's a whole different marking sy system. So where I was used to getting like 80s, 90s in high school, being like the smart kid, um, I was getting like 50s and 60s in university because they mark a lot different. And so I just felt like, oh, I'm not the smart kid anymore. Like it again, when you put identity in something that can go away, it's you have this, there's shame and there's just like this identity crisis. And I've also put it in my job and I was working at a prestigious private school for a while. And then I had to leave that job because of unsafe working condi conditions. And when I was like I didn't have a job for a while and I was a stay-at-home wife, there was a lot of, again, like I put so much identity in working at that prestigious school that now I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm just a stay-at-home wife. And like, that's so old school. Like there's not, like I don't have any kids. So I felt like shame for being a stay-at-home wife. And then there's, I could go on forever and ever, but like finding identity and being like the fit girl, the one who has willpower around food and when I got injured, I had a really bad ankle injury where I was off of it for six weeks. It was a grade three ankle sprain, which is like really, really bad. And I tore like two ligaments or two, I don't know if it was two ligaments or tore one ligament in two spots. I don't know, something major like that. And I couldn't work out the way that I had before. And that was just like, my world felt like it was crumbling because I'm like, I, I can't do this thing that I put so much identity in. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. It's different seasons. And I think right now, finding identity, like I'm an Enneagram 3 and I thrive off of product productivity and accomplishing things. And I think my struggle now is not feeling like more identity in like being productive, I guess. And like I'm the go-getter, the goal crusher. And 
So not feeling bad if like different days I get different amounts off my to-do list. I don't know if that makes sense, but just. Totally. I I think um, I can struggle there too. Like I feel like the amount that I get done that day says how, you know, successful I am. And really like if you're, you can't earn your way to heaven. So why are we fighting so hard to get so much done off off of our to-do list? Now I'm not saying, of course, the Lord doesn't want us to be lazy. That's for sure. But at the same time, we shouldn't be breaking our backs, idolizing productivity. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love the quote that says, like, it was a productive day if you prayed. And that just like puts it in perspective. Like, oh, that's awesome. So I sometimes remind myself, like, you prayed. So even if five things have to roll over to the next day for your to-do list. Like, that's fine. And so, yeah. I love um, that. Yeah. And so our next question is very similar, but where did you used to source your your worth? So identity worth, they're similar, but they're a little different too. So what about the question for worth? Yeah, I definitely think it's different. Um, So I would say, again, that's another place where it kind of, it, it kind of changed, you know, from the initial thinking about like where I put my worth for a while. And I think probably still sometimes it's like, because I, I never thought of myself as someone who was necessarily super intelligent. I was more of like the girl who dated the popular guy and was in cheerleading and like all of those things. And I put a lot of worth in the way I looked and, um, even the crowds that I hung out with, you know, that was a a big thing. Like I, it all depended on what you look like. You know, if you were worthy of anything, any attention, it was because you were beautiful. So I definitely um, struggled with that. And at times I still have to remind myself that like, that's not your worth that has that it's all going to go away for all of us, you know? Um, And then I would say, then Instagram came into play as I got older and I really struggled with my worth in followers and likes. And it's like, well, why, like, why am, why are my posts not being liked as much? And why do I not have as many followers? Am I not as worthy and as good as that person? Like is what I say not as, and that's, that's still a struggle to be honest. Um, And then I have to like knock myself over the head with, you know, my own hand, like Jill, wake up this, your worth is in Christ and Christ alone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I would say definitely it's more of a seasonal thing. Um, And it can kind of ebb and flow depending on what's going on, (laughs) going on in my life. But um, yeah, so I would definitely say those two things are, are definitely still somewhat of a struggle. Do you have, Mm -hmm. um, struggles with worth and yeah 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 like totally um the body image was a big thing for me too I I don't know I just believed that my worth went to zero every like morning that I had to re-earn my worth and like if I work out if I eat this then like I get more worth but then the next like 
at 12 a.m., like midnight, it goes back to zero. So every day I had to do things to earn my worth. And I see that that's like not aligned with scripture at all. Um, but I just, I didn't take a rest day from working out for two, no, for two, yeah, for two decades because I was so, yeah, I was so afraid of taking a rest day because I felt like I was a failure that I had like no worth, like my worth tank would stay zero if I didn't move my body. And so even when I was sick, I would make myself go for a walk or do yoga or something. And I eventually worked with a counselor and she helped me see like, no rest days are, they're important. They're strong. It's a way to honor God with your body. And so now I take rest days a lot. Like I love them, but So it makes sense why I was afraid of them, though, because I thought that, like, I'm not a worthy human if I don't work out. And um, I was afraid of eating certain foods because people would, like, look down on those foods. And I'm like, if I eat them, then I it's going to take away worth from my worth tank that I got from, like, exercising or, like, getting a good mark in school or or something like that. So, yeah, that was really disordered thinking. Um, Yeah. So I'm really happy that I've reached out for help and that I don't do that anymore. And I think, yeah, right now the worth is like you, social media, the likes, the followers, sometimes even, oh, she has more clients than me or she, um, I don't know, just um, a bigger following or even when I see people get like big to-do lists done, I'm like, oh, she did more than me today. Like she's better. And it's just a reminder, like, no, like your worth amount just it stays the same amount every day because Christ stays the same every day. And um, I'm actually getting some more tattoos this summer. I see you have some tattoos too. And one of them is I'm going to get a tattoo that says worthy. And it's just a reminder, like when I start to source my worth wrong to be like, no, that choice, it didn't change your worthiness, their reaction to your decision that didn't change your worthiness. Like I literally have worth like tattooed into me, like it's permanent because of Christ, not because of anything I did. So that's kind of like my story with worth. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Um, But I can totally sympathize with you. I don't, I mean, to hear that you say like the day starts over and you start at zero. I mean, I never thought about it that way, but to hear someone else say it, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, that's a tough way to live. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, but go I, ahead. But I think in some ways I do that kind of with a to-do list still. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. days that I'm more pro- productive, the more worthy I feel. And I have to remind myself that that's just not true. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard though. The world we live in really applauds crushing your to-do list and doing all the things and keeping up with the Joneses. So it can kind of makes sense why we feel good about doing a lot because the world will applaud that. So it it makes sense. So we can have some compassion for ourselves, why we are the way we are. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I have really learned how to, um, because of that, the productivity and the the to-do list, I have really learned how to, um, instead of living productively, I live more intentionally. So I say like, what is the most important things um, in my life? And I ask God to show me what the most important things in my life are. And then when I put them in my planner, I can see, yes, 
spending time with my family is a priority. And, and God says, yes, that is a priority. You know, um, doing a 20 minute workout, God wants me to be healthy. Um, going serving at church, God wants me to serve, you know, all of those things. I, I actually use like yellow for spirituality and orange mm. my time and green for business. And I make sure that the things that are priority have the most time in my planner. Um, and that, so it's more like living intentionally and not just writing the list of what needs to be done. It's mm-hmm. actually putting in the important things and living in that intentional way. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then you're living in alignment with your personal values, with God's values too. And yeah. not just like letting life happen to, but like, like you said, you're being intentional. So I like that swapping the word productivity for intentionality. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's really helped a lot. So mm-hmm. I yeah. try to try to help other women with that as well. Um, that I mentor to make sure that they recognize what their pillars are. And those pillars are like family time, business, health, church, service, you know, whatever those pillars are, highlight, give them a color make sure they're in each of your days and make sure that the ones that are the most um, significant get the most time in that day. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and they do that every Sunday and they highlight it and they live out intentionally and purposefully instead of just chaotically and, you know, overwhelming themselves. And then at the end of their week, they're like, wow, I gave a lot of time to my family. I gave self, you know, it's time to myself for my health or a bath, you know, bath time and all that stuff is included in, in like health and self-care. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the week, they really lived intentionally and purposefully instead of productively, chaotically and all of those other things. Yeah. And it, like some of the things that don't get done then might be things that the world would be like, you should have done that. Your house should have been spotless and you should have had a Pinterest like meal every day, every snack, every meal. And it's just kind of, um, I guess being okay with leaving some of those things undone that you still feed your family, try to find delicious nourishing things, but it does every single thing have to be from scratch or does your house have to be that you could eat your food off the floor? Like it's that clean where the right. world as it should be. And so I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cool system. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you, what was a light bulb moment season or, or a light bulb moment to find um, that you kind of were like, wow, my worth is in Christ? Yeah. Um, I was on an email list for a dietitian. I still am a Christian dietitian. And I remember one day I opened her email that she had sent out and it was about our worth being inherent and how we just have worth that we don't have to earn it. We just, we literally just have it because we're humans because God created us. And it's not the first time I had heard that, but it was just in that moment, there was just literally like this light bulb moment. And I just understood it. I had a revelation of this being true. And I think sometimes you have to be exposed to the truth like over and over until you actually believe it. And that's why I like talk to my clients about like when you want to believe something about food or your body, you have to just keep speaking it over yourself. And eventually what you hear enough, you're going to believe good or bad. And so I think it was just that I had come across like your worth is in Christ. You don't have to earn it, but just 
it was enough times and that moment was the last time that it finally like just like made sense to me. And I just remember thinking like, whoa, I don't have zero worth in the morning when I wake up. Like I just have it. And then from there, God just really started showing me like, yeah, you're, you're, you're made off of the blueprints of worth himself and you're worthy simply because of your creator. Like you, you have forever worth because I'm always going to be your creator. Like that will never change and just stop looking to yourself to earn your worth because it didn't come from you. So you don't have to earn it. You can't lose something that you didn't even have anything to do with getting in the first place. It's kind of the same concept of like our righteousness of God, like how we're the righteousness of God in Christ because of Christ's righteousness. And anyway, so yeah, when I, you, when you ask that question, it goes back to opening that email that one day and just being like, whoa, I have worth like I just have it that's like crazy that's not what the world tells me so yeah what about you is there like a moment that just comes to mind like that yeah so I actually grew up Catholic and in Catholic church you have to if you sin you have to go and you have to tell like a priest during like you go into like a little room with him and, and you tell him like the sins that you've committed. And then he tells you your what's called like a penance. So like, it's kind of like your punishment in a weird way. So you have to typically like go and say the rosary and say like 20 Hail Marys and 15 out our father prayer. These are prayers, the mm-hmm. Mary prayers and, and our father mm-hmm. prayers. And so it was ingrained in me that I had to, I had to earn and work for my salvation. So that translated over into my identity and my worth that I had to work for it. Like I had to work that that's what I was taught that I wouldn't just go to heaven. Like, yeah, I'll be forgiven. But as long as I do such and such a thing and such and such of that thing, and so there be, there came a time in my life in my 20s when I started to kind of, I don't want to say like rebel, but like, I guess in a way, yes, I started kind of testing, you know, the my, my little bubble opened up to like meeting a lot more people and I was curious and then I found myself with the, hanging out with the wrong people. Um, in my curiosity and, um, I was sinning and living a sinful life. And I thought, my goodness, like, I can't say enough how Mary's and our fathers. So I might as well just give up. Like, I'm not going to go to heaven. And so I continued to sin because I was like, what's the point? What's the point now? So, um, when I was 29, I was invited to a non-denominational Christian church and I heard the message of grace for the first time. And to hear that Jesus died for me on the cross because of my sin, because he loved me, even though I was sinful in my sin, when I was in the darkest, most sinful place in my life, he still died for me. And he, most importantly, because of that, he died for me. And like to understand the message of grace, that that is what took place on the cross that day. I've lost, like, I just, I mean, I bawled. Um, And I 
couldn't wait to go back to the, that church the next Sunday. And then I went on a missions trip. And then I was just ever since then, like my heart has been after God because I just can't believe what he did for me. And I think knowing that, that I was that worthy for him to suffer like that for me. I mean, it's truly changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when you understand the message of grace. Totally. I, I know what you're talking about. Like I've I know that feeling of going to a sermon and it's it's got grace just all over and you're like, why didn't why aren't all churches like this? Like this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 Um are there things that you tell yourself often to just keep yourself rooted in your identity and worth um being like sourced from from Christ and not yourself? Well, I would say um because of understanding what the Lord did for me, I want to be near him, like, and feel his presence and experience him as much as possible. So like every single morning, I, I mean, there, I don't go a morning without sitting with the Lord for an hour. And that's a really long time. Even if my kids wake up, like, I know my husband looks at me sometimes like the baby's crying in her high chair. Like, are you going to get her down? And I'm like, five more minutes. And like, I will read my devotional. I'll read, you know, where I'm at in my Bible plan. I'll journal. I'll listen to worship music. And like, I will li like literally sit in just his word and, you know, worship music to just know, like, know who I belong to. And at, even when I do stray a little bit, because of that consistency that I've created in my life, that discipline and just that, I mean, this, the Holy Spirit gave me that discipline, that hunger. Um, I just can't live without it. So I, it's just, he, he rooted me. Like he mm -hmm. also was the one who rooted me. But I would say that that discipline of just being with him every single morning without fail is what keeps me rooted in my identity and my worth in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because when we go in the world, we're exposed to all these lies about our identity and worth. And then when you go and renew your mind, like it talks about in Romans 12, when you are like regularly renewing your mind with God's truth, you're like reminded like this is true about who I am, not that lie that I encountered about my worth in the world as I went about my day. And so I, it totally makes sense that your answer, like what you said, and I think that's just such a great um, role model for people to really prioritize time with him because it's just going to benefit you in every area of life, including the one that we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Is there something that you do specifically that roots your identity in him and your um, worth? Yeah. I think like my words, uh, like exercise has been a problem in the, like in the past, like thinking I have more worth if I do a HIIT workout rather than if I take a rest day or if I did yoga, like the higher intensity is like, you have more worth if you do a higher intensity, just cause that's kind of what the world tells you. And so now I specifically, like if I'm on a run and I see a walker, I'll say like, nope, same worth. And if I'm walking and I see a runner, I'm like, hey, same worth. Like I'm just constantly speaking that over myself or if I'm eating like chocolate cake, this doesn't have any moral worth. It's not taking or giving me worth. And I say that like when I'm eating an apple and just kind of speaking that truth over myself. Um, oh, and, wait. Yeah. I was just 
I just have to stop you because that is just so good. Because I think even when you don't struggle with food or exercise, because of the messaging, all women I don't, and men too probably feel like, oh, I ate a salad. Like they don't say like, I ate a salad and this was really good for my body and just end it there. They probably see some sort of worth in that where like, mm-hmm. and then when they eat that cho- piece of chocolate cake, they're like, oh, I feel really crappy about myself. Mm-hmm. Even like, I, I don't really struggle with that, like health or exercise or whatever. I mean, I ate two Oreo cookies before I got on this call. <laughs> like I, I, I do. I'm, I'm conscious and I want to be healthy, but I don't want to take it to a point of um, like where it's unhealthy. Right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still do that when I'm like, what did I eat today? Like, like, Oh, I kind of feel crappy because I did eat a lot of this or whatever. And it's good to be conscious and say, I probably shouldn't have had as much sugar today, you know, and thinking of it in a healthy way, but not to say like, like, I'm so terrible for eating that way, you know, and that's such a great message, I think. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And um, like I have healed so, so much in that area. And so I more so do it to just keep reminding myself of the truth, like preventative kind of speaking over myself. So I never fall into the the trap of that. And like sometimes there are little lies planted like. You hear that little voice of the enemy, like you ate a brownie, like that dipped into your worth tank. And then I, I just find it so powerful to like quickly respond to those lies and be like, whoa, that's not true. Like my worth is established in Christ. And God also gave me a, I guess, a vision one day of just like this safe, like this bulletproof, like metal, like you could not get into it, like safe. And it was kind of like glowing. And he's like, that's your worth. Like inside that, like nothing can touch it. Like because because it came from me, like my blood's on it. Like nothing can touch your worth, Nyla. It's in this, what's that word? Like impenetrable safe. And just so that vision from God, when I remind myself, like nothing can touch my worth. My worth stays the same all day long because of who it came from. So I guess just going back to those, like speaking over myself, worth, truth statements, and then remembering that vision that the Lord gave me a couple years ago. That's awesome. I like that. That's a cool, that's a cool thing. I, I can def I could use that vision to help myself out. And I couldn't agree with you more, like taking your thoughts captive. I mean, that's the Bible tells us to take, you know, those thoughts captive and give them to Christ. And I think that so many of us struggle in our own self-talk, you know, and say like, you know, today's such a hard day. It's like, cause I talk to mothers, um, mostly. And as a mom, you know, you're vacuuming the floor and two minutes later, a kid spills their milk and you're like, what is the point? And it's like, you, and, and it just trickles into the rest of your, your day. And then something else, you know, happens and, you know, then the baby's crying and you're like, this is just so hard. I can't do it anymore. And those are the things that you tell yourself, but that's not the truth. Like, no, the truth is, is that I can do all things in strength in, in Christ who strengthens me. Like I can get through this day and I have the Lord to uphold me with his right hand. And like all of those things, all of those scriptures that, and verses that we can use as weapons against our own um, thoughts is so important. So I love that you recognize 
when you're running and you see a walker that you're like, oh, nope, same worth. Like to, I mean, that's, and they, I actually listened to something. I don't know what it was from, but they said that when you create a path in your own mind and you keep doing it over and over again, that your mind will actually create that path and it will be really be ingrained. That's where your first thought goes every time. Mm. You know, like, so every time in the past, say every time you saw a runner and you were walking, you were like, I'm not as worthy. And the more you did that, just like a grass field, when the more people that walk over the grass, that same grass path, eventually it's just going to be worn down to dirt. And every, and it's always going to take that path and it's always going to be quick to get there through that path. Right. But like, you can also do that the opposite way. Like you're now doing where now you're like, nope, same worth. So eventually like that path is so ingrained in the ground that way that you're always going to think we have the same worth and you're not even going to think, think about it. You're just going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I heard a counselor once say like, God's given us a sound mind. Like it talks about in Timothy, but she said like, we have to engage that sound mind. Like we have to be like thinking about truth. Like Philippians 4, 8 says like, think about what's true. And like you said, you expose yourself to the truth so that when you come across a lie, then you're like, this isn't true. And um, so I think that's why it's so important to like put that inventory of truth in you so that you can just be so aware of what truth sounds like. And my mom is a banker and they get the, the bankers to take like counterfeit money training so and they like feel the money they smell it so that they just like know it so well so that if like a forged um hundred dollar bill or whatever comes in they can just feel it and be like whoa this does not feel like the real thing because they've spent so much time with the real thing and I I just I love that concept of like yeah I need to spend so much time with God's truth his word because then when I come across these lies, you can just be like, this is not the real thing. This is not the truth. And I love that. So you shared an analogy and I'm like, Luke, I'm going to hop on that train of analogies. I love analogies. <laughs> no, I love that. That's awesome. That's so true. That's such a good analogy. Mm-hmm. Love- yeah. So as we wrap this up, is there anything on your heart that you didn't get to share yet that you just really wanted to speak over listeners? Um. I mean, I would say if you're really struggling with your worth and identity that like go and read the Gospels, you know, whether, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, they say to start at Mark, I would say start at Mark and then just realize who Jesus is and what he taught and what he's done for you. And you will absolutely fall in love with him and you will just realize how much you mean because, I mean, he loved you so much that he died on the cross for you when you were at your worst. And I just cannot get over that. And I think that if you read that and you really open your mind to what the Lord did and you, and you haven't yet, even if you have, I think we all need the reminder, you know, to, to reread the gospels, you know, over and over again, because it's just amazing what Jesus has done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I'd want to leave people with is from the Gospels, actually, from Matthew 4. Um, if you struggle with finding your worth identity in like your work, like your to-do list, it was so healing when I heard someone say, like, notice in Matthew 4, it's either Matthew 4 or 3, um, 
where Jesus hasn't started his ministry yet, but then there's like, he's baptized. And then the voice comes from heaven, God saying like, this is my son whom I love, who I'm pleased with. And that was before Jesus did anything on his ministry to do list. Like he, that he was so loved. He, God was so pleased with him. And so I've scratched out like in the Bible and I've said like, this is my daughter whom I love, who I'm well pleased with. And I just remind myself like, that's God's reaction to me every morning when I wake up before I've done a workout before I've crossed off things on my to-do list. And that was just really healing for me. So I just kind of, when I was thinking about like, what should I say at the end? I just wanted to share that because it was really helpful for me when, I don't know who said that, but it really stuck with me. So I want to share that with everybody. Yeah. And, and yesterday, just a tidbit, you reminded me, my son actually, um, who's only four, um, he actually was saying that he didn't love me and he didn't love his brother. And then he felt really bad about it. And he started crying and he said, I still love you. And I still love Jameson. I, I don't love myself. And I said, and as a mom, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, don't say that. And then I told him about how Jesus loves him no matter what. And I love him no matter what. And I told him the verse about, you know, like you're, you're wonderful. Like the, the Bible says you're wonderful. And that's another verse that I think is a really great one for women who struggle with identity and worth to remember that, you know, we were created in our, in our mother's womb and we were faceted wonderfully by the creator of the work of the world. And, you know, with so much intention and care And just, it's just amazing to think that like, I was so special in my mother's womb and he made me there and stitched me up and called me wonderful. And that verse is always such a great reminder too. And it's Mm -hmm. a great thing to tell our kids, but to tell ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I had a pastor once and he would always end the sermon saying, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that's God's attitude to us too. Like, you can't make me not love you. Like, it's just, I'm always going to love you. And so it kind of made me think of that. Your mom would always say, who loves you? And you would, you would just respond like you do. And she'd say, and don't you forget it. (laughs) I love that. I think that's so like simple and we laugh about it, but I think there's so much power in just telling people often that they're loved. I, I don't think people realize how like, people are craving to be just told like, I love you. And like, God loves you. And it's, it's really powerful. Those, those like three words or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. yeah. yeah, So if so glad we had a conversation because I I don't know, but so such a powerful conversation and such a great reminder, even just talking to you about it, like helps me to remember my identity and worth. Yeah, I guess before we go, that was one of the things I wanted to say was another thing that I uh, helps me is like writing Instagram posts about sourcing my worth correctly. Because when I'm writing a post, I'm getting exposed to the truth. And sometimes the things I post about, it's for my benefit too, because I need to be reminded of it. So sometimes just make an Instagram post or a blog post about what you need to be reminded of. So you see it while you're writing it out. So yeah, this is a great conversation. Really powerful. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Nyla, what's a Christian life coach? 
Great question. Well, when a basketball player wants to improve their skills on the court, they hire a basketball coach or a personal trainer. When a child or adult desires to improve their singing voice or musical instrument skills, they hire a voice teacher or a piano or guitar teacher. Certified life coaches like me, we help people get stronger in various life areas that they feel less than confident in currently. As your Christian life coach, I can help you ditch dieting and improve body image from a biblical lens, as well as help you feel better in other areas such as relationships, boundaries, people-pleasing, self-care, comparison, perfectionism, and more. To book an inquiry call, you can go to Instagram and you can DM me at nutritionwithnyla and say you're interested. It's for free and it's 15 minutes and you can ask me all your questions about possibly hiring me as your Christian life coach and I do it virtually over the phone so it doesn't even matter if we're not in the same country which is so cool technology is such a gift from the lord